Utah's best sports radio is on the Zone Sports Network. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is... And it's time to kick off Utah's most listened to sports radio afternoon show. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding members forward for over 80 years. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Our next guests are the co-hosts of the very popular radio program entitled The Big Show. The Big Show. This is The Big Show. They call me Hollywood. Here come The Big Show. Big Show. show. Ladies and gentlemen, The Big Show. It's a big show. Is everybody ready? Today is Tuesday, right? Take extra care to follow the instructions or you'll be put to sleep. And don't forget Taco Tuesdays. Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. It's The Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Jake Scott with you, thankfully, here at our Carrier Zone studios at Vivid Arena. Austin Horton across the glass from me. And safely social distancing from Casa de Monson, the one, the only, Gordon Monson. Gordon, Hello. Hello, Jake. How are you? I'm great. I can hear you, which means I'm I'm proud of you because we had some technical stuff uh, going on with the station today in the wind, and you had to make an adjustment on the fly, and the the equipment is connected. It is connected. However, uh, Jeremy gets the credit because he told me what to do, and I just did what he told me to do. Good, good. So it worked out, but um, man, I'll tell you. We hope all our listeners are safe out there and your property is safe. It is crazy. In all my years of living here, and uh, and from what I know, this is the earliest I have seen snow. Well, I think, snow, Jake. I don't think snow is number one on everybody's list of concerns. Well, I Gordon. know, I know, I know. The wind—that's your number one uh, no, weather observation from no, today. No, it's uh, no, it's just that well, I've seen wind before. I haven't, I haven't seen snow at this time of year, and so it's yeah, a hundred uh, mile an hour gusts out there. Holy cow, it's crazy. Yeah, I've I've got an issue going on at my house right now that's ongoing. I'm going to have my my phone on. Cause, you want to share what happened? Oh, uh, we just, in our side yard, we have kind of a, a chain link fence that's dividing our front yard from our backyard, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. And there's a big, big old tree. Actually, it's it's one tree with several different trunks that's uh, that's growing one of those smoke trees. Have you ever seen those? They're, they're absolutely a nuisance. But uh, <laughs> anyway, it's quite large, and uh, it blew over. And landed wow. on the fence, which is right next to it. Now this chain link fence is just propping this tree up. Now, now here's the issue, Gordon. If the chain link fence gives way, there's a good chance that tree is hitting my neighbor's house, the power lines, or both. So I'm just, you know, I'm sending everybody out there send good vibes to my my chain link fence's direction. If, if so, would. would it be wise perhaps to? Uh take some get a hold of some uh some slabs of wood or some sort of something to prop it up with i don't know i actually kind of thought about that and i <laughs> does I, wood come in slabs i don't know yeah and i don't i don't know if 
like propping a chair up against it like if it were a door. I don't know <laughs> if this would actually, you know, do anything. How big is this tree, did you say? It's pretty big, probably. I mean, it's taller than my house, so it's, it's probably... Mm. 25 feet tall, 20, 25 feet tall. Yeah, that's... Uh, so So, what do you do? Do you get a chainsaw and go out there uh, and... Okay, so I, I was staring up at it today and thinking these very same things, Gordon, except for then I got hit with a 50-mile-an-hour wind gust and watched uh, <laughs> the... the uh, looked at the power line's proximity to the tree, and I thought to myself, mm. you know what I'm going to do? Nothing. <laughs> stop, stop <away. laughs> I'm going to do nothing. I'm moving today. Uh, I'm not going to do anything, uh, at least until it's safe to do something. I mean, I wasn't going to get up on a ladder and try to chainsaw this tree and uh, right next to the power lines. I mean, I obviously alerted my neighbor. So my neighbor, mm -hmm. uh, my neighbors, I should say, they're they're aware of the situation. So I, and we called the power company to tell them that there's like a potential incident. But since nothing has technically happened, I would imagine that we're quite a ways down the list. <laughs> All right. So let me give you my philosophy on on trees. First of all, I see them as living things. I hate cutting down trees. My wife wants to cut down a tree in our front yard, and I don't want to. I'm resisting, but you know who's going to win that. Not you. Know, you. Not, not me. But I, 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 and I hate to see them blown over like that. These trees that are historic, really, have been around for such a long time, and to see them blown down like that breaks my breaks my heart. I mean, I know human beings are more important than trees, but uh, I do, uh, I hate to see trees, uh, the demise of a tree, a uh, historic tree. I don't know if your tree in your side yard is historic. You called it a nuisance. <laughs> well, you know what? It's hard to describe what these trees are. They have these uh, I guess they're seeds, like puff kind of things that, that grow <laughs> off of them and that they just blow all over the neighborhood. And uh, that's that's the nuisance part of the tree is. So it's like a it's like a giant dandelion. In huh? a way, yeah, it's kind of like that. Hmm. All right. Well, we hope everybody is safe. This is uh, craziness. Are the now are the wind the worst of the wind gusts behind us now, or are, is this supposed to settle down? Uh, shout out to the National Weather Service Salt Lake City office because they're actually great on Twitter. Um, Apparently, it's supposed to, in the afternoon and evening, calm down a little bit and uh -huh. then pick back up tonight. Oh, good. And uh, the, oh, the wind warning is not over until— You said they were terrific on Twitter. —tomorrow morning at, uh, at 9 o'clock. Not, not terrific, like deliver me good news terrific, but terrific as in very informative terrific. Ah. So wait, alerting wait. you to what's going on terrific. I, I want to get back to what you just said. You said— that it's going to pick back up and be as bad tonight as it was earlier today? I, I don't know about as bad, but it's supposed to calm down and then get worse. And so I don't know if I mean worse than calm. I'm confusing myself even. Uh, it's not supposed to be as bad this afternoon, and then the wind will pick up this evening. I don't know if it will be worse than it was this morning, but it will be worse than it is this afternoon. I think in another tweet they had some numbers, 70 to 80 is what they're expecting. Was that all? Yeah. It's so it, and what was we're it going earlier? From a category two to one. I think it hit 100 and something in Farmington this morning, right? 110, oh, wow. I believe. Yeah. yeah. Uh huh. We had a we had a report from Hill Air Force Base, and they even drew a little radar line of where the the slipstream came. 
81 miles an hour mm. right down my street. I talked to Austin today, this morning, because I just called. I, I heard reports that it was particularly bad up north, so I, I checked in on my guy. And uh, Austin, you described it to me this morning as just like the earthquake, except it doesn't stop. It, it really, my house <laughs> felt like it was in an earthquake for hours. Wow. Not a massive earthquake, but like those aftershock things that we had back yeah. in March. Yeah. yeah. So of course like your house for you rattled. guys. Yes, yeah, it wasn't right. good. Uh-huh. If the wind is blowing like that, what do they do at the airport? What do they do at Hill Air Force Base? They anchor those things down. What they, I mean, how do they keep them from uh, moving? All right, Gordon. There's this. Uh, there's this thing. Now, now follow along with me here. Called All right. a hangar. That uh, yeah, is the, every the plane going a hangar? Is there shelter. enough room? Is there enough room for all the planes in now, a hangar? I have never been a hangar valet myself, but I <laughs> I believe they try to find some cover for all the planes. Yes, <laughs> hangar valet. Oh, is that a what job available get, in the military? Yeah. What do you think you get tipped on something like that? <laughs> not uh, one. Not yeah, will you Will you uh, please? Uh, Park my SR seventy one Blackbird. That would be you. you should Keep get that engine running. You should get at least a hundred bucks for that, right? Those Blackbirds, they were bad mothers, weren't they're, they? I don't think they're still in service anymore, are they? No, I know, I, I know so. that they had it one back in the day up there at at Hill. Maybe it's in the museum now, but. Wasn't yeah, it the, like the fastest plane of all time, or something like I'm that. I'm not sure, but it was definitely famous as it was Oof. the first plane that came to my mind. Um, How's your roof doing? Uh, well, uh, we lost some of our garage roof, our flat roof, so that was good. My wife found a piece of it on the ground, and she picks it up, and she goes, oh, what's this? And I said, I have no idea. And then we saw more of it blow off, and we thought, no, that's that's part of the roof. I have a feeling I'm going to know what that is. Yeah, so yeah. So it hasn't been a terrific day. As, as uh, my friend Hans Olsen would say, oh, man. I've had a rough morning. You know, the other thing I encountered, uh, Gordon, that uh, that I didn't see coming, I was basically out of gas, and I was coming down here to work. I came in early because my power is out. And uh, and uh, when power is out a lot of different places, finding gas not the easiest thing in the world. Hmm. I was running so you, on fumes from gas station to gas station. So hold on. You can't pump gas when the power's out? Uh, correct. This is this is this is surprising to you. I don't know. I don't know what's in the pumps. Uh, but there's usually uh, a little guy in there with a plunger that gets yeah, the you, suction going. Do you on. not pump your own gas? Yes, I do, but I've never done it in a windstorm. Well, if there's you know the 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 thing you put your card into, right? If there's no electricity, then that transaction is not possible. Well, I mean, could you go in and pay inside? Well, but then how would they relay how much you paid to the pump? That relies well, on me. Well, I don't know. Maybe, maybe they got to be. Maybe well, they got the powers out of the pump. It's they, probably they out inside. inside. Yeah, yeah but do they have? A, maybe they have a generator or something. I don't know. Please I don't know. <laughs> let us hand pump you some free gas. <laughs> hey, man, when you need gas, you need it. I mean, look. Oh man, that's funny. Oh well, well we hope everyone's safe. And we hope the the damage is is limited, but man, it's scary. Yeah, and shout now, Austin out. Austin has a real worry over wind, right? Austin, doesn't wind isn't that freaking you out? It's it's my number one fear. Why all. is that? What's that I, stem from? My mom believes because I was obsessed with the Wizard of Oz as a child, and I watched it probably five times a day when I was at the at the peak. But I don't know. I think it's just the invisible terror. That you can feel it, but you can't see it, and it can do whatever it wants, whenever it wants. 
You That's can't interesting. Stop it. So that scares you more than any other thing. Anything. Yep. Anything else. For sure. It's my number one fear. So I, I didn't sleep and and wasn't fun to talk to. So, so to hear that it's going to be just as good tonight as it was last <laughs> night is a real kick in the pants. Thanks. Yeah, it's not terrific. Uh, shout out, though, to all the, the good folks Oh, working out there to help with this whole thing. I've seen a lot of crews as I was driving in. I mean, there are down trees everywhere. Mm-hmm. And uh, obviously, I think I, last I saw 170,000 people out of power. I mean, but anyway, there are a lot of good people out there doing that good work. So for those mm-hmm. who might be listening, we appreciate your hard work uh, very, very much. Because, you know, there there are certain people that are, may you know, have the hmm, wherewithal to climb a power pole in the middle of a windstorm. <laughs> and I don't know about you, Gordon, but I ain't one of them. So big, them. big thanks to those that are, because that uh, that is some mighty, <laughs> mighty brave work. What you're saying is there are hangar valets in this world and there are fighter pilots in this world, and you're well of put. the former. Yeah, I'm, I'm more the hangar valet, you know, more of that guy. Because I don't know, before my power went out this morning around uh, 5 a.m., Gordon, I I, I was uh, awoken by a loud boom, in which I, of course, thought, you know, was a gunshot. Mm. And uh, then I thought, no, no, the power just went out. Uh, that's that's probably... Why would it go boom? What do you mean, why would it go boom? <laughs> you said you heard, like, a gunshot. Yes, Gordon, like, a, like why? you answer your own question, why would it go boom? I don't know. What, what, when the power goes out at my house, I usually don't hear a gunshot. Um, let's see. What do they call those big box transformers? Yes, those big big box. You had a transformer that, blow. I'm assuming so because I heard a loud boom. What do you mean? Wait, I, I love it when you ask these these questions. Like, wh- hey, what part of our power grid could make a boom sound? Oh, you about, found the holy grail. Oh, oh, a million, oh, million you said, things. You make- said you said the power went out. I mean, I'm, people all around have had the power go out before, and all that happens is the light goes out. You've never heard a, a transformer explode before. No, I'm, well, I'm, I'm, are you I, really? You've I never have heard a boom. I have heard. I have seen transformers go before, but I don't have a transformer in my backyard. And so, I, I, do you have one that's right next to you? Close enough to hear it. You know, your power's on currently too, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It just goes to show you if you live on a certain street or whatever, there could be a nuclear winter, and your power and water are going to be just fine. Good, yeah, to, good to have that kind of political clout no, in your neighborhood. No. I remember days where there were the lights were on the houses uh, right next to us on both sides, and uh, on our street the power wasn't on. So don't give me any of that. That's erroneous. Mm. A hero. Boy, if your transformer, if you see a transformer explode, then you might have a bigger problem than just your lack of power. You might have something burning. Well, this happened early this morning, and. The neighborhood didn't burn down, so I'm hoping we're okay. <laughs> oh, All right. And but a transformer not... exploding again is is fairly common. I'm I'm really surprised that you've never heard a boom before your power has gone. I've out. seen I've seen them. I, I've that... seen them go, but I I haven't, but haven't heard I, them. I haven't heard it. I haven't heard anything go. What boom? could go boom? <laughs> well, you said you said the power went out. It did. I mean, everybody. Is...
not a big boom. <laughs> Sheesh. Well, I, it sounds to me like you need you need to get your roof redone. Because if I had my old roof on our house, uh, when this wind blew in, I think I think a bunch of it would have blown off too. But I got a new roof this last year, and it was uh, knock on wood. I hope we're all right. Well, this wasn't my shingles. This was on top of my flat roof garage, which was a, some sort of membrane. <laughs> what do you mean? Like what? It's called a roof membrane. It is, but that sounds funny. <laughs> It's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a like mad, mad you scientist. put down on your roof that's not supposed to leak. It's a membrane. <laughs> Igor, get me the roof membrane. You mean like tar? No, no I tar. don't. It's nothing like tar. <laughs> oh man. Okay, I I am not oh. really a home improvement type person. It's it's really <laughs> never been my forte. <laughs> but I am just so you know what I'm one step ahead of you, and that's that's something. I don't have membrane on my roof. I don't know what you're talking about. I have shingles on my roof. What could what could have gone boom? <laughs> you better get Naz out there to fix that right away. Oh man, we were both looking at it. There, there's nothing to be fixed right now. That's for sure. Uh, particularly with yeah. the wind continuing on, so we're just keeping our fingers. So crossed. what? You're just going to stay. You're just going to stay away from it until until the tree falls on the power line and you hear another boom, or until somebody comes <laughs> like then, to do something. Like I told you, we told the power company, but I'm certainly not getting up on a ladder and trying to to cut that thing down. That's not <laughs> that's not happening until the wind dies down. The uh, power company's probably pretty busy right about now. one hundred percent agree, but I did call and let them know because I felt like that's probably a good idea. Could the power line fall on your house? I don't think so. Okay, I just you know don't want anything to want everything to stay safe. Right. If it lands on the ground, then you might have a burn mark on your lawn. But uh... appreciate that, Gordon. Thank you for your concern. Um, we've got a big football game to get into. Uh, we'll do that coming up next. I know you wrote about it. Gordon's got a column up at sltrib.com. Uh, so make sure and check that out for your, for yourself. Let's jump out uh, to the zone phone. Joining us now, our good friend from Wasatch Medical Clinic. He is Andrew Reinhardt. Andrew, how are you doing in this wind, man? You keeping your head down? Hey, we're doing good. I, I live in Bountiful, so the trees are... You know, they're beat up a little bit, but we're okay. Good, good. I'm, I'm glad to hear it. It's one of the wild year, Andrew. Wild year. We've talked to you. you uh, we've talked to you after earthquakes all during this pandemic, and now we've got uh, hurricane force winds. So we got that going for us, buddy. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, let's talk about some other issues that some of our listeners might be having that in the bedroom. And, uh, you, you know, really, you're here to help with some relationships. We are. We're helping a lot of guys with erectile dysfunction. The majority of ED, as I discover more and more, it seems like every month, goes untreated. There are so many guys out there that have erectile dysfunction. They do nothing about it. And when they finally come into the clinic, they get treated, they go through our treatments, they get results. They all wonder why they didn't act sooner. Uh, we've seen incredible things with the acoustic wave therapy, opening up, regrowing blood vessels, um, getting back normal function, and doing it naturally without the pill. That is why it's such a game changer is you no longer need the pill. 
That's amazing because the the pills got a lot of side effects the guy's been dealing with for a long time. Yes, the headaches, the blurred vision. They call that the Viagra hangover that they have the next day. And the lack of spontaneity is a big deal. Um, The spouses of men sometimes don't understand all the stresses that a guy goes through taking the pill, trying to time it right, and getting back the spontaneity is a big deal. And as far as I know, our treatments are the only thing that can restore that normal blood flow. 801-901-8000 is the number to call to get on the schedule. 801-901-8000. And you guys are doing a lot for free right now. We are. We've offered a lot for free because we know how difficult it is to get the ED treated. And we've even gone beyond that here. So if you call us and set up the consultation, it's free. And that'll include the exam with the doctor plus the blood flow ultrasound. We're also giving away a little special gift that produces instant results in the bedroom. That's free, but if that all wasn't enough, we've now added testosterone, which kind of helps out with the drive and the energy. The acoustic wave takes care of the ED, so we've got all angles covered. And for new patients, the testosterone plus lab work is totally free. So there's enormous value here if you'd like to call and get set up. That's awesome. All right, 801-901-8000. Number to call, 801-901-8000, Watson Medical Clinic. Thank you very much, Andrew. Thank you, guys. All right, give him a call today. We'll have uh, more coming up next. We're talking BYU football straight ahead, 97.5 and 1280 of the zone. Show Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 of the zone. It's a total request Tuesday. Songs about the wind. You can tweet at us at Jake Scott's own at Austin Horton at Gordon Monson as well. Let's dive into the split story of the day. That, of course, uh, BYU back at it. College football here, and they just trounced Navy 55 to 3. A dominant performance uh, all the way across the board, Gordon. And if it weren't a total request Tuesday, I was going to suggest Simon and Garfunkel because your column had a certain theme today. Yes, it did. And, uh, Jake, I, I got to give you credit because you predicted that this was going to happen. Now, you probably didn't think 55 to 3. No, I did not. But you said that BYU was going to be able to overpower them. So I, I have to give you credit because I was nowhere near as uh, sure of that as you uh, you were. And you were right. Uh, I, I, was surpri- I just sat there and I said, wow, I've never seen a Navy team get beat like that. Ever. Well, we talked about it a little bit yesterday, you know, service academies in general, but but particularly Navy and Air Force don't get beat, you know, don't get blown out all that often because they play hard, they're disciplined, and they hold the ball for a long, long time. But not when, not when BYU won't let them stay on the field. I mean, Kairos Tonga, Gordon. I mean, which line do you want to start with? Because I truly thought that was the story. Uh, oh, offensive line and defensive line. But defensive well, line, you, you start with Tonga, and he totally takes away the dive play from the triple option all game long. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you're going to have a lot of success against that team. It, it you, was. You just are. He, he was so good. Yeah, and the, you will take him one at a time. But the defense, you, you look at what – right from the first possession 
uh, on the first couple of plays, I thought, okay, wow, that's a pretty good indication. Can they do this consistently? And doggone if they didn't throughout. I mean, this is a, a BYU defense that was like a, 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 a sieve on the ground last year. I mean, they were, I think that their opponents averaged like 160, 170 yards uh, a game. And it was uh, remarkable to see them step up against what was the best running attack in the country last year. Now, they're missing their star quarterback, but you just figured that it's one of those deals where they just plug in the next guy and they go from there. And BYU's defense was having none of it. Everybody was not only doing what you just described, but everybody was staying with their assignment and there were no gaps that were created along that defense. And they, they just absolutely stoned the Navy. Navy could do nothing. Yeah, the linebackers played really well, and that allowed BYU to have the ball. And look, look what happened when BYU got the ball. They scored pretty much every time uh, in one way, shape, or form. They were so good. And uh, I want to give Tyler Algier and uh, Lapini Katoa a lot, of, a lot of credit. They played really, really well. But, Gordon, my goodness, that line just dominated. Of course they ran for 300 yards. I mean, why wouldn't you? That was one of those. And, and Zach Wilson played well, too, and we'll get to his performance. But that was one of those things where they just if, – if you can't stop the run, not only are you going to lose, but the other team's not really going to stop running. Well, Jeff Grimes, him – I remember sitting in his office. This was years and years ago when he was the offensive line coach down there. And he was talking about his philosophies on how to get that job done properly. And last year we thought BYU was going to have a terrific offensive line, and they were they were okay, and they were pretty good at times. But I have ne- I don't remember that offensive line looking like that uh, prior to last night. Uh, I mean, they just dominated. Uh, they, they look like, I mean, they average, what, 6'6", 310 pounds or something like that along that front? And they absolutely eclipsed Navy's defensive front, which it was not bad. Last year they were pretty good uh, in, in stopping the run, and BYU just steamrolled them, man, just went right over them. And I, you said you want to give those running backs back some credit, but uh, the offensive line was opening those holes the way they were. I want to give them both credit because that touchdown run that Tyler Algier hit uh, when he scored, what was it, 34 yards or something like that, when he went left and then blew through that hole, I mean, I was really surprised at uh, how, how, how quickly he hit that hole. And it wasn't one of those things where it's just a parting of the Red Sea. He kind of had to go at an angle. And I thought it was a very deft run on his part. The offensive line did its job, but he blew through there. He exploded through there. He He's better than I remembered him being. But that all line that was those those guys were all about the business yeah they they make they're gonna make everybody look really really good BYU is gonna put up a ton of yards uh this year in their eight games that they're gonna play I I believe that as long as everybody stays healthy and again we're you know knocking on wood because that makes a a big time difference but with that O-line they're they're going to make uh everybody else look really 
really good. And Navy, now I, I'm glad we didn't start with this because uh, I know there are a lot of Ute fans and the rivalry Twitter has been r- randomly ugly over the last 24 hours. But Navy was not prepared. Their coach admitted it after the game, talked about how they had not done live tackling or live practicing or anything like that, and they certainly played like it. And they got steamrolled, and I don't think they quit because you, you really – they didn't quit. I mean, they're the Naval Academy. They played really hard, but they weren't prepared, and they missed a ton of tackles. They looked like a team that had not gone live since uh, since the spring. They really did, and Ken Niamatololo said he's going to change all that before their next game. But, you know, Navy was dreadful. They were dreadful. I, I expected a better team than that. Yeah, they've got two weeks before. I think it's a two-lane they get next and they're going to have to change up the way they're doing their business. But, look, it's a lot easier to miss tackles when you're getting absolutely destroyed in the trenches. <laughs> you know, and BYU just absolutely manhandled them. Even even if you discount the missed tackles, they uh, – I mean, I don't know how anybody couldn't be impressed with what they saw at the BYU last night. I don't care if you're a rival or whatever. When Utah plays well, we say it. When BYU plays well, we should say it too, and we do. They played great. I thought Kirk Herbstreet was really complimentary, as was uh, Reese. Uh, they, they, they just sat there and said, they're doing this to Navy. This isn't, you know, this isn't both diddly tech. Navy doesn't, nobody does that to Navy. No, they smoked him. And, and to, suggest that Na- to suggest that Navy did it to itself is just BS, man. BYU punished that team. And so, you know, they deserve credit. I didn't think the Cougars were going to be able to do that. No way. Well, uh, now. They he- did it. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give them all the credit in the world. I'm not going to say, you know, I got an email from a guy who said, yeah, that's like playing Southern Utah or something because they didn't practice. And heck, Come on. No, it's not. I mean, you, just, you just can't. And it doesn't matter credit. because BYU took them apart. I mean, absolutely took them apart. I mean, it was a complete performance, uh, very few complaints, and BYU was ready to play. Now, now here's an observation, Gordon, but I've got a point where I'm going with this. But how much do you love hearing the sideline chatter on the broadcast? That is so I cool. Yeah, I like it. Is it is so yeah, cool. But you, yeah. the first play that happened where, where Navy had the ball and BYU stuffed the run right up the middle and you heard the response from the, the sideline, I thought to myself, BYU is here to play. Yeah. And that was a team you could tell has been uh, you know, practicing for a long, long time. And they were letting out some some energy because they were playing somebody else. And that very first play where they stuffed that run, came up excited, and you heard the the rumble from the sideline. And I just thought to myself, all right, BYU is here. They're, they're here to play. They're going to play hard. And they just thoroughly mopped the floor with Navy. But anyway, that the, hearing the sideline, hearing that, that banter and them yelling out the run and the pass and all that, especially against a team like Navy, that was really cool, I thought. Yeah, they were into it, and I've heard that during scrimmages before, but uh, it was kind of cool to hear that. Uh, obviously, you missed the crowd, but that, that yeah, I do enjoy that aspect to it. Before I say what I'm going to say, let me give you some numbers on this game, and I know you've already reviewed all this. First downs, BYU 28, Navy 7. Rushing yards, BYU 301, Navy 119. It's a team that averaged 360-some yards a game last year. 
total yards. What was that? Five, five eighty to one forty nine. I mean, this is BYU averaged like seven yards per carry. I mean, and, and what was it uh, passing wise? It was like seventeen or nineteen yards or something per completion. It was just mind-numbing stuff uh, that I never would have expected. Now, the the question that I bring up is what does it all mean? I mean, is BYU really as good as they looked last night? Do they have the potential to be that good? And it's hard to tell. And if people want to say Navy wasn't prepared and Niamatololo said that and he made some mistakes and blamed himself and all that, but BYU was was vastly superior. It wasn't just a matter of, oh, well, we didn't prepare as well as we should have. They were way over the top superior. So what does that mean? I mean, that's a question. It's a, I, I, nobody has an answer to it because we don't really know. Oh, I think BYU's good. I do. I thought they were going to be good coming into this season. I thought they were going to be good coming into this game. Now, how good? And we can have a subjective conversation about it, and you can mix in Navy's lack of preparedness if you want. But the BYU is really good up front on offense. We knew that. I thought Zach Wilson was going to take the next step this year, and we don't know that. We'll we'll see. The running backs certainly proved to be pretty good. The, the receivers, there was a drop here or there for the most part. I thought they um, – they represented themselves pretty well. We, we found out that uh, Kairos Tonga is really good, and those other defensive uh, linemen uh, stepped up and had a good game. The, the linebackers were running around everywhere. The, the secondary obviously wasn't tested all that much um, uh, throughout this particular game, but I, I, th- I felt like this was a good BYU team coming into this season. Now, against their old schedule, we never really got a chance to kind of go through it, Gordon, and pick wins and losses, but... You know, I was excited to see this team play against that uh, that schedule, and this is going to be a little bit different. But I think BYU's good. I think they've got. I think they've got talent. This is their most talented they talented team they've had in a few years. Uh, a lot of people are saying most talented team under Kalani Sataki. We could debate that, but I think BYU's good. I do. Hmm. Well, the guys calling the game certainly were complimentary of what they were seeing out of BYU. And uh, I thought that <laughs> when Kirk Herbstreet got to the point where uh, Reese uh, had said uh, that they were, they thought that they might be able to schedule Alabama, and he said, wow, that would have been something to see. I thought that's about as high a compliment as BYU football has ever gotten. <laughs> that that would have been something to see. Uh, BYU against Alabama. Uh, I, I'm not sure that I would go quite that far, but uh, it, that that was the impression that was being put upon a guy like Kirk Herbstreet, who's very highly respected around the country as far as his foot, college football knowledge goes. And they played, Gordon. I got to tell you, I enjoyed every second of that game. I didn't care what the score was. I mean, really, we all knew it was over at halftime, right? I mean... There was no coming back from that, not for a team like Navy. Especially when BYU came out and scored when they got the ball in that third quarter, and it was just like, okay, this thing's done. Well, 31 is zero zero and a half. Well, I know, I know, but I've I've seen teams fall apart or games become competitive after a substantial lead. But, man, there was was none of that going on in this game. And the frustrating thing is, you really don't know what it means. I mean, if Navy if Navy underperformed, 
what was it, a couple of years ago when BYU beat Texas and crushed them early on? And uh, everyone thought BYU was going to be great. And then they, they couldn't maintain that. So I don't know. This is one of the, the frustrating things with this schedule. And they're happy to have a schedule at all. But, uh, you know, maybe Army is, is, is pretty good after that. I'm not seeing a whole lot on that schedule that would prove anything. So what happens if BYU goes out and just beats everybody on this schedule? Will we be saying the same thing in November that we're saying now? Yeah, I honestly I expect him to go eight and zero. But what that means, be, I don't but, know. But yeah, that's, well, yeah that, that's the key question. What will it mean? I have no and, idea. Uh, and I'm sure Kalani Sataki wants nothing to do with those kinds of questions. He's about okay. Get ready for the next game. None of this getting fat headed or anything like that. And they got to go on the road to Army and see how that turns out. But but if if they go eight zero. And nobody knows how good BYU really is. Won't that be a shame? Yeah, it will be. But they'll have played, which is great. Whatever they can, whatever they can throw together to do in this whole thing, you know, Gordon. I, as you were talking there, and we're thinking, how are we going to evaluate this team? And I'm thinking, yeah. I truly have no clue because I've never been through anything like this. Never. Well, it so reminds it, me. it's going to be. I know this is a, a red, uh, a red hot saying these days, but it is what it is. At least they're playing football, and at least we get to see some of these talented players play. Well, it reminds me of the old days in the uh, in the WAC, where BYU would just dominate teams, and you wonder, okay, what, what what do we have here? We're not exactly sure. And sometimes those teams would rise up in a bowl game and be the name opponent, and sometimes they they wouldn't. More often than not. And so there was some opportunity at some point to show uh, how they would hold up, at least on on uh, a given Saturday. But maybe BYU will get an opportunity for if they do that. Now, we don't know yet, but it, it certainly looks promising for the Cougars after what we saw last night. We'll see if they can maintain. All right, Gordon, uh, real quick, and we'll get to – if you want to share thoughts, we've got the open mic. What would you think about uh, the Cougs last night? If you want to tweet at us, at Jake Scott's own, at Gordon Monson. Um, real quick, though, I brought up that tweet about the wind, just to keep people uh, informed, and uh, the National Weather Service explained uh-huh. it uh, better than I did. But they said, here's the latest on the winds. We are not out of the woods yet. Uh, we'll see relative lull through early evening, uh, through, though 40 to 50 mile per hour gusts remain possible. Winds ramp up again late this evening with 75 plus mile an hour gusts possible for Farmington and Centerville through early morning, which they defined around 9 a.m. So up there, up north is, is where folks have to batten down the hatches a little more than toward the southern part. But like, I'm looking out my window right now, and the trees are really just sort of barely moving a little bit, but not much. Uh, knock on wood. Let's hope it stays that way. Yeah, it's about the, the Cottonwood Canyons all the way through Logan is is the best way that I can explain it. That's that's mm. kind of been hit by this thing. But you're right. Uh, the Centerville, Farmington, that area up where Austin is in Layton uh, certainly got it pretty good, but that seems to be the worst of it. So there you go. It'll calm down a little bit this afternoon, but it ain't over yet. It ain't over yet, Gordo. Get out Stay there and, and anchor those trees, buddy. Yeah. All right. We'll have more coming up next. Stay tuned. It is The Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.
Brett. Want a little Christopher Cross. What is this called? Ride Like the Wind? Ride Like the Wind. Now, Austin initially said Crisscross, which would be a <laughs> much different band. Yes. But it certainly reminds me of my youth, Crisscross. Uh, it is the big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Thank you very you know, much just, for making us part of your day. Jake, I just thought of something that would absolutely freak Austin out. He's afraid of the wind and he's afraid of the water. So what if we put him on a sailboat? I don't. Is Austin really afraid of the water, or Austin just doesn't like cruise? Doesn't want to go on a cruise ship? Right. I, I'm not a water enthusiast. You're right in that regard. I'm more terrified of big open ocean filled with uh, on a cruise ship filled with five thousand of my closest stranger best friends. Right. Well, what if what if you were in a sailboat and you were like out in the middle of the Pacific somewhere? Well, first of all, you're right. I would never choose willingly to do anything of that nature. Well, my question is: Is Captain Ron there? Because if Captain Ron is there, <laughs> of course, we're in good shape. Oh, that's perfect. Uh, Austin, I don't think you would have been on board with uh, with any of the early explorers new, uh, coming new. across to the new land. No, I would not make a good pilgrim. No, that's for sure. <laughs> you get seasick? I don't know. I don't, well, I don't care to really? find out. <laughs> you get seasick, Gordon? Uh, I did once when I was a little kid, I went out in the Atlantic, uh, with my dad fishing in, uh, in our boat. And apparently, uh, he says, and I think I remember this, that I was, uh, I, uh, my stomach started to hurt, but that's, I've been on the water a lot out in the ocean. And, uh, that's the only time I remember that happening. And I've been on other, uh, seafaring adventures of one kind or another never really gotten sick so i I hope not but who knows i mean i've never gone out in in like a catamaran for days on end i don't know how i would do in that how about you um i don't i believe i've been uh deep sea fishing a bunch of times and have not gotten seasick but you know what i do get is vertigo oh that's almost worse oh yeah it is worse because it lasts forever so explain that to our listeners so you know how you feel when you're on a boat in the ocean, the up and down, and you have to balance yourself, you know, uh-huh. using the latrine as a difficult balance, balancing act, you know? It feels for days after that I'm still on, it uh, feel, feels like I'm still on the boat. It's that, that uh, it's like that water in your ear canal thing. Right, that's and it throws your balance off. Because so, your that, brain thinks you're tilted and you're really not. Right, so it feels that, like that I'm happens not, that That happens to... Everyone I've ever known who's gone on a cruise, they, they say that for the first uh, first while when they get back, they feel like they're still sweating it's, a little It's bit. a little bit like that, Gordon, but much, much more intense, and it okay. lasts forever. I had, I had uh, this was water skiing when I was down in Lake Powell where I hit my head. I had vertigo for almost a month. It's oh that's that's miserable. Yeah, it was it was not great. And then did you get the oh. migraine that came with it? No, that or, I yeah. didn't, but I went in and got the whole balance thing and they yeah. tried to roll it back into place and all this stuff. It's yeah, it's not great. Yeah, the little uh, movements they do with your head, it's a real crapshoot whether it's going to work right. or not. Mm-hmm. It, maybe I, because well, that happened to me when I got in that bike wreck. Uh, I still, uh, when I first get up in the morning, if I get up real quick, I get dizzy. Do you think if I, I need to go get that looked at? No, that just sounds like kind of a head rush kind of thing. Vertigo is definitely, if, if you have vertigo, you know it. I've heard of the movie. I'm talking about the sensation. 
It's it's kind of the one of those, U2 song. It's kind of one of those things where you go, "Do I have vertigo?" Yeah, I have vertigo. <laughs> there's not a lot of question about it, <laughs> right? There's there's really not. All right, we'll get into uh, more BYU football coming up right around the corner. Stay tuned. Uh, but let's get out to the zone phone. Joining us now from Wasatch Medical Clinic, he's our friend Andrew Reinhardt, and he's here to help you with your love life because there's a lot of guys out there, Andrew, that struggle with ED, and they don't have to. Yes, they do not have to any longer. Uh, up until this point, it's been pills, injections, maybe supplements that don't really work. And that's the only things that have existed for erectile dysfunction. Now, Wasatch Medical, we've helped thousands of guys, not just here locally in Utah, but around the country. Uh, guys with different health conditions of every age from 20 to 90 with different levels of ED. Our acoustic wave therapy uh, getting better and better, opens up and regrows blood vessels. Um, Cambridge has now studied this. The American Urological Association, you can find those on the science page at wasatchmedicalclinic.com. But the bottom line is, guys, you don't have to struggle anymore. You don't have to be a prisoner to the pills. We can restore the normal and the natural blood flow to, you know, get it going where you want it, when you want it and get the spontaneity back into the relationship. You know, you mentioned those studies, Andrew. I'm sure that's great to have some of that science to point to when folks come up to you and ask, hey, does this really work? Because it sounds good. I'm sure it's great to say, yes, yes, it does. Look at this. Yeah, the number one question we get is, does this work or will it work for me because I'm 80 years old or because I had my prostate removed? Um, and the science is so sound around this. It's not just the feedback that we hear every day, but all of these clinical studies, the journals, the articles, uh, the FDA in 2011 registered one device for neovascularization, which is the regrowth of blood vessels. That's the device we use. So we use the most advanced form, and this is blood circulation. ED is a blood flow issue, and that's what we're treating. 801-901-8000 is the number to call, 801-901-8000. And folks can come in and find out for free if this is going to work for them. Yes, we will do the initial consultation for free. This is with a medical doctor. He'll analyze you. Uh, no obligation, of course, to do treatments, but you can come in and get the information. We are going to throw in a little special gift that's been very popular, uh, produces instant results in the bedroom. And we also have had a huge demand and request to add testosterone to our services, which, you know, probably helps with energy and drive, kind of that front end. We think that the erectile dysfunction will be treated with the acoustic wave therapy. So the testosterone to new patients is even free, um, and there's thousands of dollars of value in that probably, all free to our patients. All right, take advantage of it, 801-901-8000, 801-901-8000, Wasatch Medical Clinic. Thanks, Andrew. Thanks, guys. That's our friend Andrew Reinhardt. Again, that number, 801-901-8000. We'll have more Big Show coming up straight ahead. We have Tanner Mangum coming on at the top of the 4 o'clock hour. Craig Bowler Jack drops by the show at 5. Stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280, The Zone.